Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 114 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. The main draw for the 2015 ITTF World Table Tennis Championships is out, so we'll discuss what this means for the top contenders. In questions from our Ping Skillers, we'll talk about homemade blades and if they're legal, how to clean your table tennis table, Wang Hao's incredible forehand against Chop, and how to approach off-season training. I'm Jeff Plum, and with me as always is Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeff, and uh, how is everything this morning? Yep, everything is good, Alois. Um, in non-table tennis news over the weekend, the World Rubik's Cube record was broken. It's now down to 5.25 seconds. Colin Burns from was the USA. Was, was that, it, Alois? Was it you? Was it no, you? It, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was Colin Burns from the USA. Wowee. Okay. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. So um, go check it out on YouTube. Impressive. Um, but in table tennis uh, news, Alois, um, we, let's just quickly get into the Pink Seals questions of the day. And yet, uh, Friday's Pink Seals question of the day was, what has been your favourite World Table Tennis Championship so far? Yeah, uh, for me, just because I was there, I suppose, the 87 Worlds when um, Waldner played Zhang Zikur in the final. Uh, sorry, Zhang Jialiang, not Zhang Zikur. Zhang Zikur <laughs> wasn't born. Uh, Zhang Jialiang in the final. Um, yeah, it probably stands out in my memory um, as, you know, just the final with the... Uh, the old dog, you know, um, uh, already having won one world championships, playing um, playing the very young uh, Waldner as he was just coming up. Yeah, for me that was that was probably the highlight. But what about you, Jeff? Um, yeah, I guess it, it shows we're getting older, isn't it? That we like the older ones. But I really liked the nineteen eighty nine world championships. It was kind of the first one I'd seen, and they produced all these videos. Like back then, you didn't have YouTube. Can you imagine? Um, so there's all these videos of it. So you got to watch it in detail. So that one really stands out in my mind where, uh, uh yeah, Waldner beat uh, person in the final. There yeah, you go. So, was, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Alice. That was, yeah, that was a big, and, um, was that when the Germans won the doubles as well? I think 89. It was indeed. So. Yes. Yeah. So Roscoff and Spetsner, um, won the, Won the doubles and Roscoff now the um, the coach of the German national team as well. So yeah, there you go. All right. So um, the the ping skillers question of the today uh, ping skillers question of the day for today is who has the best draw in the men's singles at the World Championships? So jump on our website uh, pingskills.com and leave a comment. And to help you out with that, we're going to talk about um, the seedings, which, um, well, not the seedings, we're actually going to talk about the draw, which has been done now, Alice. Yeah, it has. so the the, um, the the seeds have been put into place now in the draw. And, um, yeah, so a couple of interesting interesting matchups, I suppose. Um, it, so Ma Long um, is the top seed, and he, he will come up against uh, Juicy Hyuk. Um, in the in the last sixteen, uh, Peng Tang from Hong Kong 
will come up against Ovcharov um, in the last 16. Um, and then Bol plays, um, let me just have a quick look. Bol plays Wong Chun Ting Wong from Hong Kong. Um, and uh, then Koki Niwa comes up against um, Fanzin Dong. So, so they're all in the top half of the draw. So, uh, so that's that's all pretty interesting. With um, so Fanzin Dong and um, Timo Bowl and Ma Long all in the same half um, of the draw. Um, then Zheng Zikur, um is in the same half as Zhu Zin. So they're they're due to meet in the semi-finals. Looking through the other names in that draw, um, Fang Bo's also in that bottom half. Chuang Chi Yuan's in the bottom half. Um, and uh, Marcos Freitas and Jun Mizutani down there too. So, yeah, some, some good names, but uh, you'd probably think that uh, the two Chinese players are going to uh, face off in that semi-final there. Interesting, interesting. Yep. And um, and any big surprises on the women's side of the draw? Um, no, no, no real surprises. So Ding Ning, the number one seed, um, and she'll come up again in the semi-finals. Whoop, she's drawn against. Um, let me just have a quick look down. Um, so she's got Feng Tian Wei from Singapore in the semi-final. So so that's fairly interesting. Um, and Li Jiajia um, is in the same half as Liu Shi Wen. Um, so in the, in the bottom half as well. So again, it hard to hard to look past those players um, when you when you're looking at the draw. You know, Ai Fukuhara um, is in the bottom half. Um, the, the Japanese uh, player Mima Ito also in that bottom half. So you know they could match up against each other um, somewhere down the line. So uh, that would be that would be interesting. You know the the new young gun versus the uh, the old young young gun. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so I think um, Mima Ito at 14 is the same age as uh, Fukuhara was when she played her first world championships as well. So, um, yeah, an interesting comparison. Indeed. All right, so um, after you've heard that, make up your mind and let us know who you think has got the best uh, draw. Jump on to pingseals.com and let us know. And, and probably the, one of the most interesting things has uh, come up in the men's doubles draw. So we know that um, Timo Boll and Ma Long are playing with each other. Um, so uh, so that, that's, that's been an exciting feature of the world's coming up for us. But they are drawn in the second round against Zhu Zin and Zhang Zikur. So, yeah, so that is pretty tough. And... They're up against the number one seeds, and the number one seeds are from Taipei, but it's not the Taipei pair that won the worlds last time. It's um, Chiang Hung Shi and uh, Huang Sheng Sheng from Taipei. So they are ranked seventy and seventy-seven in the world in singles, but they are the number one seeds in the doubles, and they're in the same half as you know Bol Ma Long, Zhang Zhiqiu, Zhu Xin. So. Um, yeah, really interesting. You know, we, we've talked a bit about the draw for, them, for the men's doubles and how they do it. So that's really um, thrown uh, thrown up some interesting uh, combinations there with uh, 
with the Chinese pair up against Bowl and um, Ma Long in the second round. And we assume that they'll get to the second round. We don't know the um, the final uh, qualifiers as yet. So the qualification tournament is just underway. Um, started yesterday uh, in the singles and will conclude today. So, um, yeah, really interesting. Then the, the main draw of um, singles uh, starts tom- uh, tomorrow, the 28th. So depending on what, where you are, but, yeah, it starts on the 28th, so which is Tuesday. So all interesting stuff. Uh, so the world's really starting to take shape, I suppose, you know, with the qualification matches in place and uh, and the qualifiers starting to uh, or to be decided and where they'll get put into the draw. But, uh, yeah, really interesting. Certainly is. So, um, yeah, we'll put some links in the show notes so you can um, go straight to the ITTF World Table Tennis Championship page and check it all out. Make sure you do and make sure you watch ITTV. You're going to be some great matches on there. Very exciting times. Yeah, so I was watching a bit on, on ITTV last night, and yeah, there's eight eight channels going already. Um, it was the uh, the women's singles qualification matches, and yeah, I was just sort of flipping between um, all eight channels and just seeing who's playing. So yeah, it'll be interesting stuff once the uh, once the main draw starts, definitely. Yeah, you need to get yourself eight monitors, Alois, and then you can watch them all <laughs> at once. Is that what I need to do? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to some questions from our ping skillers, Alois. Um, Brock has jumped online, and anyone can jump online and use the Google Q&A app to ask us a question live on the show. And he says, hey, ping skills, I think I have a new rival. He's an experienced player with a scary power in his forehand and backhand, and he does a really spinny serve. And when I block it, he does a loop into my backhand fast. If I possibly block it, he does a smash or topspin. Help. Okay. New rival for Brocky. Great to hear. Um, so so let's think about when you're trying to um, stop a, a good attacking player from playing. What you need to do is to keep that ball a bit shorter, lower, close to the net so they don't get that opportunity to attack. The other thing to think about is to to place the ball into difficult positions for them um, if you're blocking. So if they've got a strong forehand, we want to try to manoeuvre it around so that eventually they've got to play a backhand and uh, play on their weaker side. If they've got a strong forehand and backhand, then we need to think about tying them up so that um, they need to move a lot. So into the middle is often good where they've got to make that decision between the forehand and backhand or playing the ball wide, making them move. So often these players are really good if you give them just a little bit of time and if you put the ball up a little bit higher. So if you can keep that ball lower, um, keep it into difficult positions in, into, the, into the elbow, um, out wide, make them move, then sometimes the, the game, their game breaks down. So, yeah, good. Good you got a new rival. Let's go. Indeed, yep. And, um, yeah, and just keep working on your own attack also, Brock, because if you can, uh, you know, serve a short backspin serve and get a good third ball attack in, it's going to be hard for those type of players too. Um, Next question is from Daniel, who's also jumped online and asked a question with the Google Q&A app. So thanks, Daniel. He says, hey, glad you're back. Good news. He says, I've committed to the game in January. 
uh, because I lost to the same friend every time for two years. He beats everyone. Hard work, dedication. I finally beat him in four straight games. As I left, he stood on his porch in awe. Lost. Thanks for all the help. Wow. More good news. Excellent. Well done, Daniel. Um, yeah. And, and it, it is. It's a matter of, you know, persevering, um, training. If you're doing that, if you're, if you're improving your, your technique and your skills, your, your game will improve and you'll start to get good results. Fantastic. Fantastic news, Daniel. Well done. Excellent. Well done, Daniel. And thanks for sharing your story. Okay. Next question is from Yungay, who says, is it legal to use homemade blades in tournaments? Uh, yeah, it is. So, um, so by blades, what we mean is the, the wood. So there's no, um, there's no uh, ITTF approval as such on the blade. So you don't have to have a, a, a blade that's stamped with ITTF approval. You can just make your own um, homemade blade. Um, we'll put a link up to the rule about um, the, the specifications of the wood. So it has to be mainly wood, so you can't make it out of other materials. Um, and there's also the thicknesses and the composition of, um, you know, if, you, if you're using things like carbon in there. So I imagine if you're, if you're making your own blade, you're not going to be putting carbon layers in there. So if you're using just a, a straight wood ply, um, yeah, you can make your own blade and uh, and give it a try. And the reason for this is that the wood doesn't make that much of a difference, as does the rubber. So we know that you know the rubber needs um, the ITTF um, approval, and it needs the the numbers and all that sort of thing on there. But um, the the wood, the blade doesn't need anything. So yeah, go for it. Try and make your own. Indeed. And I, I think from memory, Alice, it's something like 85% of the blade needs to be wood. But I'm thinking there's no way that in a competition, the umpires are really going to be able to tell, oh, hold on, yours is only 70% wood. It's kind of an, an interesting rule. It is. It is an interesting rule. And yeah, how do you police that when it's a homemade blade? Hmm, not sure. Yeah. But anyway, as you said, it's not a real big problem. So um, yeah. If you want to make your own blade, uh, go for it, Yunga. And as Alois said, we'll put a link to the exact rule in the show notes. All right. Arsene has asked a question. He said, what is the proper way of cleaning the table if it gets dust on it? Yeah, so um, just wiping it with a, with a, a dry cloth first to just get the dust off. If you're starting to find that you're getting little marks on there and little... Um, oily spots um, and things, um, just use a really weak uh, detergent solution. So just put a bit of soap in in some just warm water. Um, don't put too much detergent. Don't make it too hot. Um, and then just wipe the table over um, and then dry it off. So if you do that, you'll you'll get some of the, um, the extra layers of, you know, sweat and that sort of thing that have built up on the table. And you'll be able to get that off. So, yeah. Fairly simple procedure. Don't don't use anything too harsh. Um, depending, you know, depending on your table and and the paint on it and all that sort of thing as well. Um, so um, yeah, just just wipe it down with warm um, soapy water with just a weak solution of, uh, of the detergent. Yeah, and I guess as you said, just dry it off quickly. You don't want to leave the water on the table. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, excellent. All right. 
Um, next question is um, from Chris. And Chris says, when I watch matches of Wang Hao versus Juicy Hook, it seems he ignores the backspin because he can get a very fast loop and looks like his blade is at a closed angle. Does he do this by using a lot of power and can the amateurs use this method? Yeah, good question. Yeah, so so we do often see, you know, the, the better players, they've got their bat on that angle and even against Juicy Hook, who's putting a lot of backspin on the ball, they're doing that um, to, to lift the ball over the net. The key there is that they are getting such high speeds with their racket and such accuracy with their contact that they can do that. You know, even Bowl, we see Bowl has a very closed um, racket and comes over the ball when he's, when he's, even when he's playing against backspin. So that is okay if you're playing regularly, if you're doing a lot of training, you know, training every day, and you've developed such high speed with your swing so that you can swing through that fast to be able to lift that backspin ball over and get it up over the net. But it's it's a very difficult stroke, and it's not something that we recommend you try to learn, um, especially initially. You know, that's why we teach the top spin finishing up here, um, because it gives you much better margin for error um, to lift that ball up and over the net. You know, this is for the very, very, very strong players that are playing, you know, professionally, play every day um, and can develop such high speed and accuracy to just get that contact right every time. I mean, that's why Wang Hao's loop is so amazing, you know, like, and, and a lot of the, the top players in the world look so fantastic when they're playing that top spin because they're getting such high speed and, um, and accuracy with the, with the contact. Yeah. That that's a good point, Alice. But I think also the way we teach it, you kind of you can just progress um, to faster strokes pretty easily. Yeah, that's right. So so once you learn that basic stroke and develop that confidence uh, by by contacting the ball and lifting it there, you can start to increase the speed by um, if I do it this way, just finishing a little bit further in front of you. So rather than finishing here now. Um, for the lifting ball, you can start to finish a little bit further and a little bit further forward, and that gives you more of a forward momentum and extra speed as well. Yeah, and then we've got some videos on the advanced forehand topspin for our premium members, which we'll uh, put in the show notes. Um, and so that is a uh, good segue into um, a little bit of uh, promotion for Ping Skills. Visit the website, pingskills.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. You'll get lots of information. Um, last night, we sent out an email newsletter letting everyone know about our new forehand flick in HD video. So if you haven't seen that, take a look. And if you're not signed up, sign up to our free newsletter. Also, check out our premium membership. We've got lots of great videos. There's um, a whole series on serving, a whole series on receiving, two important parts of the game. We've got a 52-week training plan, which um, all our premium members love. Each week we give you a new um, training guide. And associated with that is a masterclass every week. So it really helps you improve. If you haven't, go to pingskills.com and check out the premium membership. All right, Alois, next question is from Dieter. 
who says, what do you advise in terms of training between seasons? A special program, more of the same, a few weeks rest, and how about in uh, Dieter's particular situation? Yeah, so um, firstly, it's a really good opportunity in that off-season because you're not playing um, competitive matches to, to really develop some of the basics of your game and to also work on the weaknesses. So things that you've been finding um, problems with during the season, that's the, that's the best time to think about uh, improving those areas. So, for example, your um, return of serve might be a little bit weaker. Um, so during that off-season, it's a great time to just kick, uh, practice and experiment with, um, with your return of serve and try to get that a lot better. Um, so the other, the other thing that you can start to think about is also working on your on your fitness and your general conditioning. Um, during the during the season, often you pl- because you're playing every week, um, you don't have enough time to um, to train uh, physically hard um, to develop your body. Uh, so so that's a really good time to be able to take a big chunk of um, your your training. Um, and develop physically as well. So, so utilizing that off season is critical because um, that's that's the time then you can start to really build your game. And then once you get into the season, then it's a matter of maintenance and just tweaking some of the some of the little things um, that you can improve during during the season. You know, with with more of your gameplay type of uh, things. So yeah, utilize that off season if you if you get an off season, um, utilize it to develop your game, work on your weaknesses um, and also on your general conditioning as well. Excellent. All right. Um, It's great to hear that you're thinking about these things, Dieter. And, uh, yeah, take on board some of those tips and hopefully you can um, use that time to really improve your game. Very good. Well, that wraps up episode 114 of the Ask the Coach Show. I'm Jeff Flum and... Supercoach Alois Rosero has answered all your questions. Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, I'll be a uh, few late nights and early mornings watching some world championships over the next week or so. So, yeah, um, make sure you tune into it. Um, why, why is watching the best players in the world good? Because it gives you really good images in your head of how um, strokes should be played and the, and the things that are possible in the game. So, uh, yeah, so really tune in. Uh, watch as much as you can and get some great images into your head. Excellent. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will be back again with another show tomorrow. Catch you then. Bye.